Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest in Miss Brianna Schwartzfeger. Miss Schwartzfeger, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Hey there, so I guess I'll kind of give you guys a brief um, background kind of from the beginning. So I was uh, born and raised in Okeechobee, Florida, um, up until I hit sixth grade where uh, my family and I, we moved to Manatee County. And I went to Palmetto High School there and graduated from there. Uh, From Palmetto, I went to the University of Florida as a freshman. I majored in animal science with a minor in agribusiness. And um, that's what I graduated with, with my bachelor's in animal science. Um, That's where I met my husband, David. Um, And now that we're both ag teachers at East River High School, um, after the University of Florida, I honestly didn't really know what I I still wanted to do as a career-wise, but um, my husband went through the uh, ag education program at the University of Florida. Um, That's kind of how we met. We actually met at a collegiate FFA meeting, so uh, there's a fun fact for you. But um, he's the one who kind of encouraged me to take my first agriculture education job. Um, I started teaching ag at Harmony High School in Osceola County. Um, I did that for a couple years. We ended up moving um, to David's family's property, which we're at now. I kind of took a little break from not necessarily agriculture education. It was still agriculture education, just not um, the FFA side. I actually moved to the 4-H side uh, for just a short while. It was actually a little under a year. Um, So I was a 4-H agent in Marion County. Um, for just under a year, like I said, Um, but I really miss the kids. We had the opportunity at East River High School to actually co-teach together, um, David and I, and so we ended up um, teaching ag at East River High School, and that's where we're at now. Awesome. So you talked about how when you went to UF, you majored in animal science. So was that kind of influenced based off your background and what you were kind of exposed to when you were growing up? For sure. So um, I really got into agriculture um, more actually when I moved to Manatee County. You know, we kind of see Okeechobee as being very rural, and it, and it is, um, and I still have a lot of ties there. Um, but I actually got more into the agriculture side of things when I moved um, to Manatee County uh, because we moved closer to my cousins um, and my uncle who were actually really big into rodeo. So sometimes I get a little embarrassed uh, when the kids ask me about my FFA background, those who are super passionate about it, because as much passion as I have for FFA now, you know, in, in middle and high school, I wasn't super involved with FFA, um, you know, during that time period of my life, um, I actually got really involved with rodeo, and that was kind of my agriculture background. I did uh, barrel racing, coal bending, goat tying, and breakaway roping, kind of the whole shebang uh, with my cousins. We spent a lot of time doing that, practicing um, so we really didn't have a whole lot of time to do other stuff. I, I was in FFA uh, when I moved into high school. Um, my advisor was uh, Ms. Tillett, who's still the advisor over there at uh, Palmetto High School. Um, and I showed a steer through 4-H as well, so that was kind of my 4-H and FFA background. But like I said, wasn't super, super involved with that because, you know, I had um, the rodeo side of things. And uh, like I mentioned, we now... You know, when I met my husband, he's got a couple hundred acres of family property. And that is actually where we, uh, like I said, now reside. And um, we help run uh, a small herd of commercial cows. And we've kind of started getting into a couple of the registered Brangus 
and also registered boar goats. So, um, and his mom does a um, Hoya business uh, with a greenhouse. So I help a lot with the greenhouse business as well. So, so you kind of touched about how you were involved in rodeos and you were involved in animals when you were growing up and then you majored in animal science and then you were a part of the UF meat judging team. So how did that kind of come about? Was that just from influence of, you know, a lot of the animal science majors were on the meat judging team or was that just an interest you had? So, um, it was actually more of an influence of professors, um, who kind of encouraged me to do that. Um, I think at the time, the meat judging team, it was it was very small. Kyle Minnis has done an awesome job at uh, kind of creating an, an awesome culture there. Um, and I know that they've got a lot of a lot of team members now. But at the time, you know, it was a pretty small group. Um, and so they're really highly encouraging kids to kind of join and, and get it started. Um, so I had a professor who really encouraged me um, to start on the meat judging team. And unlike a lot of the kids who kind of do it for a full year I actually only ended up doing it for a semester but um, I was pretty successful at it and I, I absolutely loved it and I honestly with any of the kids who ever have any sort of um, interest in doing a judging team not necessarily just meat but livestock force whatever you know I'd highly encourage it just because it is such an awesome experience I mean you learn a lot about the people that you're working with it gives you a lot of opportunity that's how I actually ended up with my internship during college is that I, you know, I met a lot of people through meat judging, um, going, you know, across the country to our contest. Um, so it's a super, super awesome experience. But yeah, I started that kind of late, later in my college experience. But like I said, I, I would highly encourage any student who even remotely thinks that judging would be cool um, to try it out because it is such an awesome experience. So you've talked a lot about, you know, your students and how you've, you know, um, your passion for FFA and how you've been an agriculture educator. And, you know, with the times we are in now, it's kind of hard. You know, everything is changing, especially the education front and especially agriculture education. So what do you think um, is the biggest challenge you have had with distance learning when it deals with agriculture education? So the biggest challenge is it's kind of hard to... <laughs> to really pinpoint just one um i can think of a lot of them and you know with with talking to other agriculture educators you know there's there's been quite a few challenges come about with this but um i kind of just wanted to go over a couple of them that i see are the biggest challenges especially the first two are really directly related to agriculture education um and that is the first thing would be you know we have kind of two different types of instruction and that's classroom instruction and then we have our hands-on learning experiences um, and unfortunately, with the distance learning, you know, kids miss out a huge opportunity on that hands-on learning experience. Um, I know personally, and you know, working with my husband now, uh, he is very much of a hands-on learner. Um, and that's what he does with his classes. So, you know, it's especially been even more difficult for him to not have that hands-on learning experience with his kids uh, because I, we really think that the kids miss out on a big opportunity Um with agriculture education and learning with those hands-on experiences. Um, because we, especially being at East River High School, you know, we, we have a very strong animal science program there. Um, and so the kids kind of focus on that. We've been able to do a lot of cool stuff there, but unfortunately with the online learning, you know, we've kind of had to take a pause from, from those hands-on learning experiences. So, um, and probably the second biggest challenge has been, and it kind of goes along with that, and kind of talk about the three-circle model, really, is the FFA part. I mean, 
the kids are missing out on big opportunities too with the distance learning through FFA. Um, and obviously that's a major part of that three circle model um, that we talk about. So um, the hands-on learning part of it, obviously, you know, we've done our best to try to still get the kids involved with the aspects of FFA that we were, you know, trying to continue on. But again, you know, they're missing out on those learning experiences. Um, Some of them, those SAE projects, depending on the county that they're in, you know, they had to move to like online auctions and stuff like that with their SAE projects, their animal projects, and, um, and the contests, of course, going virtual and all that kind of stuff. So um, I know that's probably been a little disappointing for the kids um, in that aspect of the distance learning. And lastly, um, the communication part obviously is a, is a big challenge too with communicating with kids. You know, when we're in class, we can communicate one-on-one with the kids. Um, and this really goes along for not just agriculture educators, but all educators in general um, with student motivation. In the classroom, you know, you can, you can motivate kids a little bit more being one-on-one and communicating both, both verbally and non-verbally to them. Uh, but with distance learning, obviously, that's, that's much more difficult. So. So we've talked a lot about the challenges, and I've talked to other people, and they talk a lot about about the challenges. However, I feel like it's also important to talk about, you know, the bright things or the things that, you know, that we can see where distance learning or online learning can coexist with agriculture education in the future. So are there any aspects of online learning that you enjoy? Yeah, so the... Um Probably the biggest aspect is more of kind of on a personal level, um, and I'm sure this goes for a, a lot of people. Uh, obviously, everybody's kind of had a different situation and going home to a different situation, but um, obviously, you know, for me personally and being on the family farm and everything, and I'm sure there's a lot of kids who, especially in those rural communities, can relate, and that's, you know, being able to be on their uh, the family farm and, and working with their family more. Now with the distance learning, they've had more opportunity to, to stay there and to um, – really connect more with their families. So I think on a personal level, that's been, that's been a really good benefit. Um, and also just putting it into perspective with the kids, you know, a lot of them, I've talked to them and they're like, Oh, do you miss school? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, I miss school. So I think it's really, uh, put it into perspective of, you know, sometimes we complain when we're at school with the traditional learning, but overall, um, you know, when you don't have any more, that's kind of when you miss it. So it's definitely been able to been put into perspective from the teacher standpoint and the student standpoint. So, so to go off the, how I stated recently, you know, distance learning and agriculture education. So do you feel like, or how do you feel like we'll see the implementation of online learning, more online reading resources or learning resources and the resources we have now in the future of agriculture education, whether that's more on a regular basis or we just see it more than we see it now. So I know um, I've heard when I was working with um, some of the Harmony kids, I, I did have a student who was actually looking into some agriculture education online uh, programs, and I know that they're out there and they've been out there. Um, we don't necessarily have one connected to Florida that, you know, kids are eligible to be connected with FFA as well. But um, I think it definitely, obviously, we've shown, you know, that it can work. Um, and I think if we had more resources built up and um, we had a little bit more time to prepare that it's something that could be a little bit more successful with online learning. Um, I don't necessarily think it should totally take place of, of our traditional learning. Cause I, I think those challenges kind of um, like I mentioned before, kind of aid with that. We, I think the kids could miss out on a lot of opportunity if we don't have the traditional learning as well. Um, 
but I do think that it could be a positive um, a thing in the future, especially as we prepare for it. Um, and being in Orange County, we already are all digital. It's like all the high schools are all digital. And I know a lot of counties are not. Um, and so I think that this, even with agriculture education, this might kind of put it into perspective for those districts that, hey, you know, we can use more distance learning resources um, or online resources to kind of aid in instruction with our kids. So this is going to be my last question to you. And it's, you know, by being in agriculture education and you, you've been in it for a while. And so what would be one piece of advice that you'd give to someone that has thought about being an ag teacher or is going to school to be an ag teacher right now or is in their first year of teaching ag um, education, what would be one piece of advice or one thing you'd say to them? Um, I would say, like I said, you know, when I when I first started with agriculture edu- education, I, I really didn't think um, that I would honestly be an, an educator. Um, I grew up with an education in an education family, and I was like, you know, no way, no how am I going to be an educator? But I really ended up totally loving it. Um, and I would really think that the biggest advice would be just uh, positive communication with your students and with your community, because I think that's what makes all the difference um, in being successful with a program. Well, uh, Ms. Schwartzfeger, thank you so much. And this kind of part of the episode is where I just allow my guests to say whatever they want, shout something out, or, you know, kind of plug whatever they'd like to plug. So is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Um, I just want to thank you for the opportunity and um, especially to those seniors out there this year. I know it's been (laughs) been a rough year, but uh, you guys did awesome and um, keep on keeping on, really. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. And guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. And I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. See ya.